Exodus 20, we'll look in verse 15. It's another long verse. You shall not steal. Hebrew, it says, don't steal. Thievery is not only is not only natural to the human condition, it is pres- presently rages throughout modern culture. There's a quote, and I, I can't remember who said it. It says, it is criminal to steal a purse, daring to steal a fortune, a mark of greatness to steal a crown. It's almost like the greater the thievery, the more respected it is and less of a crime. And we... You watch movies, that's true. These great heists and all that happens. And we look at the looting in our society today. In some cities, if you steal, they're not even going to charge you. And it's just allowed. And we're breaking these commandments of the Lord. And stealing has become in thievery that there's nothing wrong with it. And we have the ability to condemn others while we excuse ourselves from the same practice. If this Eighth Commandment is truly lived out, it will change the church and our society. So we're going to start this evening with Stealing's Prohibition. Stealing's Prohibition. Stealing's Prohibition. This commandment clearly states the taking of someone's property by force or fraud or by any means is wrong. So look over at Exodus chapter 22, verses 1 through 4. Exodus 22, 1 through 4. See what the Lord has to say about stealing. Exodus 22, verses 1 through 4. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If the thief is found breaking in and he is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt for his bloodshed. If the sun has risen on him, there shall be guilt for his bloodshed. He should make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the theft is certainly found alive in his hand, whether it is an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall restore double. Here we go, the Lord talking about stealing. And look at what the Lord, we see what he says about animals. It's a sin. It's wrong. And he says you're going to restore back possibly five times. Flip over to Numbers chapter 5. Numbers chapter 5. Numbers chapter 5. And we'll begin in verse 5. Numbers chapter 5, verse 5. So what the Lord says about fraud. Numbers chapter 5, verse 5. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel... When a man or a woman commits any sin that men commit in unfaithfulness against the Lord, and that person is guilty, then he shall confess the sin which he has committed. He shall make restitution for his trespass in full, plus one-fifth of it, and give it to the one he is wrong. But if a man has no relative to whom restitution may be made for the wrong, the restitution for the wrong must go to the Lord for the priest. In addition to the ram of the atonement with which atonement is made for him. So we know that fraud required full restitution plus one-fifth of the full value of what was taken. Flip back over to Exodus chapter 21. 
We we'll see if some if a person is stolen. Exodus chapter twenty one. Verse 16, he who kidnaps a man and sells him, or if he is found in his hand, shall surely be put to death. So if one steals a person or steals another, their life is to be taken. And so the purpose behind this Eighth Commandment was readily apparent. To be a well-regulated society that respected and protected another's property. And here's what happens when we think about this commandment and what the Lord said in Exodus and Numbers through Moses that taking someone's property is wrong. And we, we would agree with that today. But let's go to stealing's essence. Stealing's essence. Stealing's essence. Or what lies at the heart of stealing? What lies at the heart of stealing? The answer is best seen if we reflect on the truth that faith Especially faith in Christ brings namely many things but giving, the opposite of stealing. C.S. Lewis wrote, God loves us not because we are lovable, but because he is love. Not because he needs to receive, but because he delights to give. He doesn't love us because we're lovable because we are not. We are sinners. And he doesn't need to receive, but he delights in giving. So flip over in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 9. We'll read verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. This statement concerning Christ and his longing to give and who he is, that he became poor for us, is placed in the middle of all these passages in Corinthians talking about giving and that the people were to give and the, it was astonished at what the church was doing as far as they were giving. The connection is that God gives and his children give. It's a family trait. And so this passage here where the Lord gave and it speaks of that in between all of the excellent giving of the churches during that time. In, marked, in a marked contrast, stealing contradicts the generous giving essence of Christianity. The heart of Christianity is to give. And this, what happens with the world, is to take. And that is the essence of the world, is to take, or getting. Our advertising states that what is possessed, or what we possessed, is who we are. And you think about that, and you think about all the advertising, you are what you drive, and we think about people, and they used to be, back when I was a kid, if they had a Cadillac, they were somebody. You know how I know that? Because the pastor, when we were at a church, the, my parents, we were, we were talking, and they were talking about getting a new car. And they had the money to buy a Cadillac. And they said, 
we're not going to buy that because what will the people at church think? What will all this? You know what I mean? And there was this thing about it. And we have that today. And the things we own and the things we wear, the things we do, determines who we are. And it shouldn't be that. And then we also know that there's, there's this saying that living is getting. Living is getting. And if this is true, living is getting, and I don't get enough, or I don't make enough to get what I need to live, in a sense, to have fulfillment, I still. And we look at our world today, and, and I'm not, we, we think about the United States, but I go, I've been to different countries and done different things on mission trips, and if you don't lock it down, you'll lose it, even among pastors. I was doing some pastor training, and John Barnes wanted me to do personality stuff and all that, and we were doing a bunch of stuff for the pastors, and I took my little animals over there, and I had them on the stage, and I did that part of my talk, and then I went and sat down and had some coffee. It was tea break or coffee break. They have a lot of those there, and so we were having that, and then I looked at the stage, and my animals were gone. I went, what happened to my animals? And John goes, did you ever tell them not to take them? No. He goes, well, if you don't say don't take them, they're going to take them. I had to get up and make an announcement. Bring my animals back up to the stage, please. And they were like shedding tears. Pastors. It stole my animals. And so that's just the way we are. And so I don't even know what got me started on that. Next would be stealing subtleties. Stealing subtleties. Stealing subtleties. Few of us become a felon. Because of thievery, we would be insulted to be called a thief. But here's what Martin Luther said, the reformer. If all thieves, who nevertheless do not wish to be considered such, were to be hanged to the gallows, the world would soon be desolate and would be without both executioners and gallows. And that is true. The common rationalization seems to be that if theft occurs against an impersonal institution or against the rich, it is okay, or at least not so bad. Here are some common thefts that we do not like to admit. and These are in everyday life and very rarely noticeable. Number one, I don't even know if I want to say this, but tax theft. We don't write down, claim all the income, maybe. We do not, maybe we falsify some documents. Maybe we fudge a little bit. Maybe we tax theft. Number two, customs theft. There was a statement a customs officer said that he was appalled by the number of Christians he apprehends. Now think about that. The customs officer that you come into the country, that he's appalled by the amount of Christians he has to apprehend. Next is debt theft. Debt theft. Those who refuse to pay their debt. What they're doing is they're robbing another person. I'm not going to pay my debt. Next would be borrowing theft. We borrow something and then we never pay it back. And most times we borrow and never have the intent to pay it back. My dad would think this was me. I don't know how many times he called me, and I lived in Midland. He lived in Oklahoma. Do you have my shovel? 
I don't have your shovel. I haven't driven to Oklahoma to get a shovel, okay? But, you know, you borrow it, and then they never give it back. Welfare theft. We let the government support me instead of working. Computer theft, copyright software laws, all of those things. And we do all of these many times, and we don't want to recognize that that is stealing or robbing somebody else. As I did some of this research, employee theft. And some of these statistics are a little old. It's hard to find new ones. But here's some statistics for theft in the workplace. Over 50, this is probably over 10 years old what I found. So it may be probably worse than that now. Over 50 billion, with the B, dollars stolen from U.S. businesses annually. 7% of revenue is lost by businesses every year to workplace theft. 75% of employees admitted to stealing at work. And women, men are the most guilty. So you're off the hook. Men. Now statistics coming out with time theft. There's a time theft research doing it going on in the marketplace. And this is getting paid to do something and then you don't do it. Not working the hours you are supposed to work. And they said this is a statistic to consider. The average employee steals four hours and five minutes every week according to the American Payroll Association. It's shocking, but it's also consistent with a similar time theft survey conducted by Robert, Robert Hall International, which found that employees lose about four, hour, four and a half hours per week, or employers lose four and a half hours per week per employee. Think about that. That here... Christians, even among this, we go to work, and we don't do work. And it goes on. Here's some ways we can do it. We just mentioned time theft, coming in late, leaving early, doing all those things. Work theft, doing shoddy work, not doing a good job, not doing what you're supposed to. That would be one. Expense account theft, reporting business, reporting business expenses that are really personal businesses expenses supply theft taking supplies that are not yours but are the company's and again as Martin Luther said if we took this and everyone was hung that had stolen there wouldn't be anybody left okay we'd all be gone but um, this is where employees we don't realize and a lot of times we can say I don't steal but if we really evaluate and look at our life and look at our heart, we're probably all guilty. Then we have a management theft. I mean, they have all kinds of thefts when you start looking at it. And this is not paying adequate pay for what the service is rendered. This would be taking advantage of your employees. This would be not treating them fairly, not giving them good work environment. All of those things would be management theft. But what does the Bible say about stealing from God? Look over in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. 
Will a man rob God? Question. Yet you have robbed me, exclamation. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Question. In tithes and offerings. Now we start thinking about this commandment eight. You shall not steal. But here, according to Malachi, prophet led by the Holy Spirit to write this. How do we rob God with tithes and offerings? And we think, many times we think, well, we don't steal, but, and I'm probably preaching to the choir, but anyway, but this is one way we rob God. And many times we don't even recognize in our own eye what sin we are doing, but many times his word is very clear. If you're not doing that, you're robbing God. And there's a lot of people, Christians, today robbing God. Now let's look at stealing's toll. Stealing's toll. We may not be stealing felons, but we have all fallen short. William Hendricks explained in Keeping Your Ethical Edge Sharp, it's a book, what we do in the small issues of life sets the stage for bigger issues. The way we handle little things, if we will steal or be dishonest, let's say, with little things, it'll eventually grow and we'll be dishonest in big things. Once we violate our conscience in an area, it is easier to do it the next time. And before long, our hearts become calloused. And we allow ourselves, we train our conscience. Paul even speaks to this. And we begin to train our conscience that it's okay, it's not wrong. And like I said, many times it's an institution or it's someone who's rich or it's someone we don't think it's going to affect them. But when we begin to put this in our heart and in our life, and then it becomes a lot easier to do even more. And our heart becomes callous to sin. And it happens very quick. We may think little sins do not count. Working the hours I get paid for, being deceitful, etc. But they are being counted in our character. God gives us the humility. God gives us the humility and grace to receive this and believe it. That the little things are building our character. And as parents, we need to be sure and teach our children this. That even these little things that they're doing that are dishonest or or stealing. That we begin to know we're teaching them. They're learning their character. And what happens is then we begin and they get these little things going. Then it's easier to do the big things later on. And sometimes we have to be careful because... It's, we're almost hypocrites in that we're getting onto them for doing this. And in a sense, as we looked at tonight, we're doing the same thing. And it's easier to, it's easier for us. And this is, I want to say, hopefully none of you are packing right now. You know what I mean by that. Just keep your hands up, please. But we can watch Fox News because I'm sure that's the majority if we watch any news. Um, And we see what's going on in Chicago, New York, when they loot and do all that and they steal. We get upset. And then in our own life, we're just as guilty if we're not doing the things we just spoke of. And the theft is theft. So here's stealing's remedy. Here's stealing's remedy. What is the answer in this world raging with theft? First, is regeneration. 
It must begin with conversion, that we're saved. Our life is regenerated. We're different. And then next is restitution. Restitution. We give back what we've stolen. And there's a great example of this. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was regenerated. And then he went back and paid those and more so that he had robbed, he had stolen from. And that's the perfect example for what we as Christians should do and be like. First, we have to be regenerated. We have to be saved. We have to have the Holy Spirit leading our life. We have to be different. And in a world, and and you hear me preach this on Sundays, that we are to be different. We're not to be like the other Gentiles. We're to be different. And that even goes in these little things that we look like, even in the workplace, even when we do handle our taxes, when we handle the things we do, when we try to shortchange people, we try to, and and it's it's crazy. How many times we try and we catch ourselves if we're not careful, robbing somebody, stealing, doing something. And it happens, it's easy. And we can all justify it. But there's got to be a regeneration and a restitution. And it is good for us to undergo careful examination in regard to the subtle thievery in our life. And I think about so many times, and I've used this with my kids. You can even go to the grocery store. And we receive many blessings sometimes when we go to the store or restaurant. And they don't charge us for everything. And it's easy to go, the Lord giveth. But really, if it wasn't intentional, what do we just do? We rob somebody. And we think, well, that store's so big, they don't that restaurant's so big, it's they didn't matter. And I'll never forget when I was in high school, and there, sometimes there's pressures. And I was a freshman in high school and I was getting to travel with the varsity basketball team, and we went into a little quick stop, so we called them back then a little quick stop, you know, a little like seven eleven type thing. And I was with one of the seniors because I didn't, couldn't drive or anything. And we were going to get stuff to travel with. And we went in there. And uh, back then, two-liter Cokes was the biggest there was. And they were ginormous. You know, back then, now they're nothing. But um, he grabbed a couple. And he put them here by the register. And he kind of hit them. And I was paying for my little candy bar or whatever I got. And he goes, take mine out. And I went, what? He goes, take those out to the bus. And I went, I'm not taking those out to the bus. I said, I didn't pay for them. You didn't pay for them. He goes, take them out to the bus. I had a decision to make. I could either get beat up or I could take them to the bus. And, you know, I was tough. So I said, I'm not scared of anybody. That's a lie. But I didn't take them. And, you know, there's sometimes we have those pressures in life, too. We might have a pressure at work. Boss says, do this. You're going, I don't know if that's right. I could lose my job. I could get fired. I guess that is losing your job. I could get demoted. I could get beat up. What do we do? And If we truly hide this commandment in our heart, nothing can deter us from bringing honor and glory to the Lord. And again, when we truly stop and think that the essence of Christianity is giving, not taking, not stealing, not thievery. 
And I think back to that decision I had to make, and there could have been times later in my life I might have stole. I don't know. But I'm just saying, in that I'm thinking, God would not be pleased with me taking these drinks. And the thing is, Christians are givers, not takers. And if I'd had enough money, I'd have bought it for him, even though this guy was loaded. That's what's always crazy. The ones I came in contact with that did this a lot of the time, it's not like they didn't have the money. It's almost like it was a challenge. That's what I used to think. It was just a challenge. I was on a trip in high school, and we traveled in Oklahoma, and we stopped, and we, and we had some time between games and stuff, and we went to this little strip mall. And somehow, we got almost back to Oklahoma City. We were in Tulsa, almost back to Oklahoma City. And one of the guys on the team who lived in the nicest neighborhood in Oklahoma City had a huge stereo system. He'd got into the bus by the coaches. And how in the world, and he didn't have any money on him. How he got that out of that store and into the bus and halfway back to Oklahoma City, I don't know what the coach ever did about that, but I'm going, why? And I thought, well, it was just a challenge to see if he could do it, and it was fun for him. The truth is, he's in the darkness. He's not a Christian, and he wasn't a Christian. And a non-Christian is a taker. Some Christians are too, but we should be. The essence of Christianity is, I give. And I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to take what is not mine, whether it be a property, whether it be a time, whether it be a work ethic, whatever it may be. I'm going to do this. Everything is Colossians 3.23, as unto the Lord. And I'm not going to steal. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. And Lord, as I think about today and I think about this eighth commandment, and Lord, we're all guilty. And Lord, there's been times in our life that we have not fulfilled this commandment. And Lord, I pray that you will help us. Lord, I pray that you'll help us as the essence of Christianity that comes from Christ is giving. And Lord, I pray that in our life, that when we think about some of the things we do, that we would do according to your word and not steal. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless us and watch over us. And Lord, I pray that you continue to lead us. And Lord, reveal to us if there's any sin in our life. Lord, any time that we could try to steal, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us and that we would recognize it as sin and not do it. And Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen.